Welcome to the First Read Ultimate Spider-Man podcast, where we break down Bendis' iconic run on Ultimate Spider-Man, issues 1 through 160 in Earth 1610. I'm Zach, and with me today is the birthday boy, John Opeth. Oh, yep. Wow, Dude, yeah. Did Happy you have birthday a good birthday? Yep, it was great. Thank you. It, so, wow, Zach. You know, it's actually, I'm looking at the date right now, it's one thirteen. It's actually been both of our birthdays in the past week. And that's wild. Yes. And today's Liz's birthday. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. If only we were doing a pod this weekend, it would have been a birthday weekend. <laughs> this one was a great weekend for a Doctor Who pod. I, actually, I know. I, I'm. <laughs> I don't know. I'm thinking maybe Alyssa's probably doing more fun stuff on her birthday. What were we talking about? Your birthday. Okay, that's right. Yep. So what'd you do for it your birthday? It was my birthday. It was fun. Um, nothing. I did like dinner. Dinner with the fam. You know, it was nothing too uh, exciting or crazy. Where'd you go? I'm not a big birthday boy, you know. Well, you I are like... on this pod. <laughs> You're the um, birthday boy. We're celebrating <laughs> you so yeah. hard. Yep. Um, didn't go anywhere. Just did like dinner at my parents' house with my family. And then Elizabeth and I did like a steak dinner that like I cooked. Cause I, I don't know if I've mentioned it on the pod, but I've gotten pretty big into like making steaks recently. You have mentioned that. What okay. do you do? What, what cut of meat and how do you cook it? <laughs> this is a steak pod now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just curious. Like, um, no, I, I, I mean, the best cut, I was just talking to a, a buddy about this like an hour ago because I happened to like make a, a steak for lunch because I like went out, one was on sale, so I picked it up, I made it, and it was a bone-in ribeye, and it was pretty good, but I was texting my buddy who we always send each other pictures of steaks because we're dorky like that, you know? Um, I was like, I don't really like the ribeyes as much as like New York strips and filet mignons. Those are the best. Um, but I cook mine medium rare, sack. How do you yeah. like yours? I like filet mignon. I like a medium. Recently, I've been getting into uh, the dry-aged steaks, but I find you, it... You've tried some... one? I've never tried one of those, and I'm like, I don't know how... I, I, like, everything I see about it is how good it tastes, but I'm like, I don't know if I would like it. It is very good, but what I keep running into is some places kind of cheat. So you know how they make it. Like, they basically... Um, age it to the point where it grows some type of mold that changes corn yes when you say mold people are like ew that sounds gross but it has yeah. its own name so it's it's different um you can do that cognitive dissonance with it yeah but some people take the pelicorn from a different dry age steak and they just set it on a different steak oh and that is a hundred percent cheating yeah it's cheating um so if you go to a place that actually dry aged it properly, it is so worth it. If you go to a place that lies, it's just a steak. So, so do you have any restaurants you want to put on blast right now? Um, I'm pretty sure STK at uh, Disney Springs did me dirty. I paid for a dry aged steak there, and I, I don't know for sure, but I think they lied about it. But okay. uh, I got one <laughs> one recommendation for you: Tony's downtown. Okay. It's, next to the the arts garden go there okay. get their dry aged steak that was the first one i ever tasted and 
I'm kind of I, I've been dying to go back. Oh, okay. I, I I will definitely try this because it, it's one of those things that I've been like thinking. You know how often I don't know how often I don't really go out to steakhouses that often that even would would have the opportunity to. But sometimes I'll watch things and they'll be like, oh oh, this is so good. It's got it's got that little funk to it that you know it's dry aged. And I'm like, I don't think I'd like that. <laughs> That's not appealing to me. It sounds so disgusting to describe it to people. So it's almost better to just not know what it is and go in and eat it and be like, oh, my God, this is the best steak I've ever had. Yeah. Also, um, uh, what is it? Hyde Park Prime Steakhouse, also downtown Indy. They have a meal that's called the Miles Turner, and it's like a dry aged, I want to say porterhouse, plus like an eight ounce filet mignon. So you can try it. <laughs> You can try, like, a dry-aged next to a non-dry-aged steak. Oh, well, not not only that, but you you actually get to try... <clears throat> a porterhouse is just a New York strip and a filet mignon on the same okay. cut. So you actually get to try the filet dry-aged and not dry-aged right next to each other. That's right, is, yeah. Which is kind of interesting. Huh. Well, this is fun. This, this was a fun little... Dude, you know what Side we should do? Convo. <laughs> we should go to a steakhouse sometime. We should. That'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Or I'll, or you make me one of your steaks. I don't know. That would that would also be fun. That's why yeah. I have a hard time going out for steak. Is because it's it's actually really fun to make. Yeah. You're over here eating better than like ninety percent of the teachers. I want to <laughs> I want to get like you, dude. A thousand percent. I just am like looking for deals. I don't buy it if it's not like. I just buy the ones that are like going, you know, their their sell by date is tomorrow, so they've been marked down, so it's like a good deal, you know. Smart. I like Trust it. me, I'm a cheap teacher. <laughs> I mean, you, if it works, it works. You're eating steak. Yep. Yep. Um, okay. What else did we have? Oh yeah, you asked me if I had basketball games, but you might have cut that part out. But yeah, how the kids I, do? <laughs> yep. We had a game this morning at 9 a.m. and we won and it was so awesome. It was so much fun. And our last kid on the team that that hadn't scored a bucket yet got a bucket today. And it was the last game of the regular season. So it's like, man, we, we really wanted to get him a bucket. He's he's like legitimately one of our like better players because he's our best defender. We always put him on the best player, but he's just not a he's not an offensive guy, you know. But he got a bucket. It was really fun. And then uh, another one of our kids who only had scored like one time got a bucket. So it, it was a really good game. You know, we had some we had a lot of fun. That's awesome. I'm yep. reminded of when I was playing youth basketball and I hadn't scored a bucket all year. <laughs> and they kept trying to get me to score a bucket. And it just it, it didn't. Happen. It's like the other team was already winning by 10. And I'd take so many shots, and they would just rebound and run it down and score. And by the time they gave up trying to get me a bucket, they were winning by, like, 30. Oh, my God. That is so funny. We – our kids – it's actually, like, really heartwarming to see because they do, like, support – they, like, want their friends to score also who haven't scored. And especially our best player – he is like so good about like passing the ball and it's like fourth grade. So none of, you know, but, but he's, he's just, and it was, it's just really, it was really fun to watch him, but you're right. They run down and everyone's like, pass it to, pass it to X, pass it to X, pass it to X. And then, uh, oh my gosh, Zach, 
It's just making me laugh. Yeah. So anyway, then after after my game, my dad happened to be refereeing another game like on the way home. So I stopped in and watched that because my dad is also a referee for like the same league. And they Seems were doing like a, a conflict 50- of interest. They were doing they were doing a fifty six game. It's like the league is like the whole Catholic school archdiocese league. Um, but they he was doing a fifty six game, and the team was down by like eleven the whole game. They came back. It was like so close. It was they and and they were gonna fall short. Five seconds left. They were down by one. You know the other team had the ball. They got a steal. So one second left. Now they have the ball. It's an inbound pass. And got to catch it and throw it up. The guy gets fouled (gasps) on the shot. And And the clock has ran out. So when that happens, the players are not standing with him on the foul line. Nobody is on the foul line except for the players shooting. Everybody else is back behind him. (laughs) And he misses the first one. He actually jumps over the line. You know, it's fifth grade, fifth fifth and sixth grade. So, um, so my dad, who's the referee, is like, he stepped on the line, you know. Luckily, he missed the shot anyways. So now it's his second shot. He stepped back, back a little bit. You know, and he shoots it up and just swishes it, and everyone goes nuts. You, it might you can tell the team was very undermatched, like against who they were playing, um, and it went to overtime and they lost. But it was still a lot of fun <laughs> for that one brief shining moment we had. Came Dude, a lot. You would have thought the team won the NBA Finals based on how they like embraced this kid making the free throw to, to send the game to overtime. I believe it. Just listening to you tell the story, I'm, it's yeah. like I'm there and I'm hyped for them. Yeah. Um. So what have what have you been doing today? Oh gosh, your Saturday. Uh, honestly. I, earlier we made a joke you said yeah i think i'd be ready to record at 2 30 and right as i got that text i was dropping shyla off at the dentist <laughs> which of course is the you know punchline of the the joke when do you go to the dentist 2 30 but but i didn't even know zach was going to the dentist and i said to him are you sure that's going to work or do you have to change your dentist appointment yeah and he was dropping his wife off at the dentist so yeah, dude. The Lord works in mysterious ways. <laughs> um, <laughs> we woke up late. Uh, we were up last night. We started watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, watched like three episodes of that. That was pretty cool. Uh, nice. Slept in until like almost noon and then dropped her off and just ran some errands. Nice. Taking that it easy, good. man. You know, that's what Saturdays are for. Dude, that's a great day. Do you get MLK day off? I do. Yep. And then, I'm, oh yeah, government work. Yeah, you, you you definitely do. And then I'm taking that Friday off too to go to New York. So I have a three day work week followed by a three day work week. Yeah, nice. Let's go. Right. Um. Okay. Should we get into it? I think we should. Let's we're, we're, do this. We're doing pretty good today. We're at 12 minutes, not the 17 that we did that last time. That is pretty time. good. That is pretty good. All right. So let's hear from the Better Business Bureau and then get into these issues. Every business says they're better. But the ones that earn and display the BBB seal back it up. It instantly identifies businesses that are committed to operating with integrity, honoring promises, and telling the truth. Makes you wonder why every business doesn't have it. So look for it, because it's looking out for you. 
That's why it's the sign of a better business. And find a better business anytime at BBB.org. And we're back. And if you heard me say last episode that today we would be in uh, Ultimate Spider-Man 84 and 85, I have to apologize because it was brought to my attention that there was something in between those issues and what we had just read. And to be honest, I think I like this better. We are in the first. Did you, did, did you say we were doing 84 and 85? I was wondering that myself. I definitely said that. And I was wrong. We are reading. That's that's fine. Ultimate (laughs) Spider-Man annual number one today, just one issue, but it's double sized. So what's the story of this? How did this issue come to be, Zach? I'm sure you know the history on it. I mean, not really. Annuals are kind of a common thing in, like, comics. Um, It's just kind of an excuse to do, like, a different issue. Maybe, like, have a different art team on it or tell a story that you normally wouldn't or just have an extra double-sized issue to get more sales. And they hadn't been doing them for this series but i'm guessing at this point they're like five years into it they know it's selling well they decided let's start doing an annual okay nice yep well looking at this one you know i immediately can see it's an x-men issue and right on the opening like page when it's talking about like you know just like the description or maybe it's Maybe it's in the description on Marvel Unlimited. It says Peter gets a new girlfriend and it's him with Kitty Pride on the cover. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is Zach's favorite issue ever. <laughs> That's why I thought we were reading it. I did not actually know it was going to like go with with our story. I thought it was just like your... I thought you just like love this issue and it kind of related to it. And we, we had just finished a, a storyline. So you were just like, let's just throw it in. It says ultimate Spider-Man right there. Well, yeah, I know. It just caught me off guard. Okay. You know? Okay. And maybe one of Zach those... only texted me that we were reading this like a day ago. That's true. It, it's funny at this point. Like I just know neither of us are reading ahead of time in the week. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, so this one is written by Brian Michael Bendis, penciled by Mark Brooks. Mark Brooks, not Mark Bagley. It's a different Mark B. Inked by Jamie Mendoza, colored by Dave Stewart, and lettered by Chris Iliopoulos. Whoa. Wait just a second. Scott Hanna's on this cover too, right? On the cover? Oh, additional finishes. But he is on the cover. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure we, we weren't you know, forgetting about Scott Hanna. That's true. Because and I, he's in our ultimate Spider-Man team also sometimes. And I think Bagley also worked on the cover, but he didn't do the interior art. So we open on Kitty Pride of the X-Men, and she's kind of dressed like a Dungeons and Dragons maiden. And she's being chased by a giant purple dragon as she thinks, I am not in the mood by this. And the dragon breathes fire at her. Okay. Before that happens, do you know what I thought when I saw this title page? What's that? I thought that this was maybe the issue with the dinosaur guy where Peter is going to be like, you could cure cancer and you just want to turn things into dinosaurs. And, And then I thought maybe that's why we were reading this issue. 
because like oh it's it's one of Zach's it's got X Men in it and it's the dinosaur issue we've talked about a couple times. Because doesn't this artwork kind of look like like that dinosaur meme? Yeah, that happens in the main Marvel universe though. That's not an ultimate story. But I know okay. I know what you're talking about with Sauron. Yeah, I don't know. It's Sauron. <laughs> so this this purple dragon, it's it's like an Easter egg. Do you know anything about Kitty Pride and Purple Dragons? Nope. She has a pet dragon who's purple, who's like tiny, whose name is Lockheed. <laughs> And he's really cute, and he loves her, but he doesn't exist in the Ultimate Universe. So this is kind of, I think, uh, a reference to that. And uh, so the dragon breathes fire at her, and it passes through and around her as she phases. And she thinks about how she used to have a life before she had to be an X-Men every second of every day. And the dragon, I guess, sees that it couldn't hurt her and flies away. And then we see Nightcrawler and Colossus appear behind her. And they're both dressed like they're in The Lord of the Rings. And Nightcrawler starts talking to Kitty in character. And it becomes clear that they're, like, LARPing or something. And Kitty just kind of says, you know what? Actually, I think I'm going to go do my homework. And the environment changes from, like, a woodland area to steel walls. And we learn that Nightcrawler programmed the Danger Room to simulate this fantasy scenario. Have you ever seen Community? I've not. Probably. Oh, really? I know I should. Oh, well, yeah, you should. But this this just reminded me of, like, Troy and Abed. They have, like, a... It's called the Dreamatorium. And they just, like, play, like, make-believe, you know, doing stuff like this. It just reminded me of, of Nightcrawler and Colossus. Yeah. Um, and we hard cut to Spider-Man, who's in the exact same pose Kitty was on the first page, with the rhino standing behind him in the same pose that the dragon was in, as he thinks, I'm not in the mood for this. So already we're getting some, uh, some similarities between them. Mm-hmm. And Peter starts dodging and fighting the rhino, and as he does, he thinks... I can't just swing home one time without passing a guy in an eight-foot-tall mechanical rhino suit. And the rhino throws Peter through the window of a nearby building, and Peter slides across a long conference table on his stomach like a penguin. And he looks out the window at tanks, soldiers, and trucks arriving at the scene and thinks, Oh good, the army is here. For me to save. And he jumps back down into the fight and uses a steel beam to pry open the rhino's control panel on his back. And I said impale his flux capacitor because that's what it looks like. It's just kind of, I guess, the command center of all his mechanics. It's an electric thing. Yeah, and he just stabs it. And it looks like a flux capacitor. And rhino collapses and Peter starts asking a soldier what that was. And they start telling him... That guy stole a prototype weapon, but then their commanding officer tells them to shut up and that they're going to have to bring in Spider-Man for questioning. And Peter just swings away saying, yeah, that'll happen. Oh, and you're welcome. How's our setup to this issue so far, Zach? I love it. I love it so much. I love it too. Me too. (laughs) We got a fun scene with her. We got a fun scene with him. We got a lot of parallels between those two scenes. It's showing a lot of promise. I think I think it just looks awesome. 
Mark Brooks's art. Yes. Yes, I'm I'm liking it a lot. I think the rhino looks really fun. Yeah, I'm realizing it's almost like he changes style a little bit between her page and his page. You can tell it looks like the same characters, but she just looks kind of like Sorry, my cats are fighting. No, her his his page looks like the ultimate universe, you know, I, I don't know if I'd really notice that much of a difference between it. Like you think it's, it's just like all, all the panels are just like very nicely drawn and, and, you know, they're, you know, they draw your focus to the right spots. Her page, her pages, I do think are like, there is something slightly like maybe not as like sharp color. It's like or a something fantasy element. Like, I don't yeah. know how to explain it other than if you put like a fantasy filter over it, which fits the scene that she's in. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I like it. Yep. And uh, back at Xavier's school, the X-Men are having a cookout and Kitty is internal mob monologuing about how she's the loser of the team and she's the one that doesn't fit in out of all these misfit mutants. And she gets upset that Iceman, who recently broke up with her, won't even look at her. And Storm starts to ask Kitty a question, but Kitty had already phased through her seat and the floor. And... Oh, that's what happens. I could not tell what happened there. I, I, I wrote, what does Kitty Pride do in the panel where Storm asks her if she wants potatoes? Yeah, you kind of have to know like her power. She just I, disappeared. That's exactly what I was about to say. I was like, I or I thought maybe she like threw like a blue spark at her or something. Or you know, I didn't even I didn't really even tell that she disappeared because in the previous scene we don't see Storm at all. Yeah, so, it's not evident that she's sitting next to her. Yeah. So. But but yeah, I didn't know what her powers were because later on the first time we see her face, I'm like, oh. Yeah, that's what Kitty Pride does. Yeah. Yeah, the blue spark that you're saying, it like is on the chair that she was sitting in. And I think that's to show us that she just like went through the bottom yeah. of the chair. Yeah, I knew you know. Yeah. Um, and meanwhile at Midtown High, Peter is having the exact same thoughts, and he wonders if it would matter if he told everyone he's Spider Man and if they'd all suddenly like him. And he sees Mary Jane and realizes it wouldn't even matter because he can't date any of the cute girls without putting them in danger. So again, just more parallel scenes with them. I I, I can't help but think you skipped over a lot of nuance in this scene here. Oh, well, well do fill us in. <laughs> well, they are thinking to themselves the exact same thing, you know, I'm the loser of the school, like the exact same words. I'm the loser of the school. I can't believe it. I'm the loser. It's me, which made me think of the Taylor Swift song. You know, they both say I'm the loser. It's me. Do you know that Taylor no, Swift song? I don't. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I'm sure Shiloh does. So there's a song. She says, it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. <laughs> um, I'm the one that doesn't fit in of these people. I'm the loser of the school. I can't believe it. I'm the loser. It's me. I, so they, they keep saying the same exact things. And then, yeah, flat, MJ doesn't just walk by her, him and sit down. She sits down next to a boy 
And is it Flash Thompson? I can't tell because it's not, you know, Bagley's art. I thought maybe it was supposed to be. Okay, I thought it was too. The spiky hair is usually like Flash-like. Well, that's like Flash in the Raimi movie. Because this guy's not blonde okay. enough for me to have thought he was Flash. Yeah. I'm, yeah. But uh, walking past him, sitting next to MJ. And there's a guy in a vote for Pedro shirt on. So you can tell Napoleon Dynamite was going strong around this time. Just come out, yeah. Yep. Okay, there you go. You can That's continue. the nuance I missed. That was the nuance that you missed. Yeah. Um, and back at Xavier's, Kitty is pouting while everyone else plays basketball. And Jean sits down to talk to her and asks if she's okay. And they talk about Kitty's relationship problems. And Jean says, you'll meet someone. And Kitty asks, how? The only people we interact with who don't try to kill us live in this house. And we find out that Kitty is mad that Bobby doesn't like her anymore. But she doesn't really like him either. She just liked that he liked her. And she knows how bad that sounds. That sentiment was very hard to to summarize in a coherent sentence. <laughs> and uh, the girls look at each other and Jean just says, no. And Kitty says, you just read my mind without permission. And Jean responds, you were practically screaming it in your thoughts. And Kitty says, but I like him. And Jean tells her, he's just a guy in a costume. You don't even know him. And Kitty says, you've been in his brain. You'd know if he's a good or bad guy. I just want to talk to him. And we switch back to what Peter's doing. And he's at his house on his computer reading hate mail online about how Spider-Man should have just let the <laughs> army deal with Rhino. When his phone rings. Oh my gosh. Are you, are you going to... Are you Okay. Um, I said that... Did you zoom in on the... If you, don't, if, you don't, if you don't read the whole comment, I'm going to read it. Okay. okay. I did zoom in on so, it, and it's funny. And then I've actually got a fun... And then I've actually got a fun Easter egg also in this scene. Okay, so this is... This was so funny. This was the best written, um, like... This is just a perfect encapsulation of the internet, I feel. Okay, like this comment. It's not like too overboard. It's not too anything. It's just like perfect. It's like it says it's like this makes trolling me <laughs> before people knew what trolling was. Yeah. It says this makes me hate Spider-Man even more. So the army is there to take care of whatever this thing is, but smug spider feels he can he needs to stick his ugly nose into it. What an arrogant wad. <laughs> The army is there, fatso. We don't need you. Who asked you? My uncle thinks Spider-Man is a disguised freak, and that's why he wears a mask. And he looks fat lately. <laughs> that last line, and he looks fat lately, makes that such a perfect comment. This is so funny. There's The more I look, the more I see different stuff. So, like, at the top in the corner, it says, Welcome, Mark Brooks. So it's like logged in under the artist's name. And then if you look down at the bottom, it is the Mozilla Firefox logo. But it says Jinx World, which is Brian Bendis's controller Cree-owned company. That is funny. So it's like they just this, added little flourishes <sighs> of themselves into this web page. This, this forum that they're on. It's like a it's like a Reddit or a Discord. The forum that they're on is called Stupid Spider Man. 
Love it. It's up. It's up at the very top. Oh man, that is funny. Yeah. Gosh, and I'm and I'm sure I'm sure also you know the picture of the person who did this comment is a real picture of someone. It's probably Mark Brooks. I bet. I was gonna say I I bet it's somebody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh man. Okay. And here's my fun Easter egg. I think that the shirt that Peter Parker is wearing right now, how it's kind of dorky looking, you know, I think that that is supposed to look like the 1960s yellow vest and shirt that Peter Parker would wear. And I thought that, and then I Googled it, and I definitely think it. Yeah, I think you're right. I hadn't even picked up on that, but then as soon as you started talking about the shirt, I was like, oh yeah, that that seems like something Ditko would draw him in. Yeah. Well, cool. Thank you, John, for pointing that out. That's my job. It it is your thank you for doing your damn job. I was just yeah. trying to give you props, man. <laughs> uh so yeah, he that's funny. He's reading his own like hate mail and his phone rings and on the other end of the line oh wait i got this one more thing so peter's reading these comments and you can tell he's read a million because he's thinking to himself don't scroll down don't scroll down don't you scroll down do your homework stop doing this and that's like every every time i like would scroll on twitter or scroll on anything that's like what i'm telling myself the entire time i'm like just stop this is all garbage he's literally doom scrolling before social media this guy was a pioneer yep um so his phone rings and on the other end of the line kitty is too nervous to talk and gene tells her nice and kitty says shut up and aurora says in my country hello is a nice way to and kitty snaps at both of them and yells leave and so on peter's end of the line all he's hearing is nice shut up in my country hello is a nice way to leave it's just he's like what what the hell is this what is going on and he just hangs up and he sees well before he hangs up he looks at the number and it says unknown number and then he hangs up and the phone rings again and on the other end he hears hi this is kitty pride and she asks if he remembers who she is and he asks how she got the num this number and she just says information and she's like what are you doing tomorrow and peter says school and kitty says i mean like after that and peter is not getting the hint he's assuming that she's calling about x-men business and he's like oh my god is something going on with wolverine again And she says, no, I was just wondering if you wanted to hang out after school. And Peter's like, what, with the X-Men? And she sighs and is like, no, just me. And we've said it before. He's so bad at talking to women. Peter finally picks up that she's like asking him on a date. And he excitedly agrees. And he tells her not to come in costume. And Kitty says, oh, I know that. And Peter's like, okay, just making sure, because I've had some close calls. And Kitty says, I know, I was there for some of them. And just before they hang up, Peter thanks her for calling and says, that was really cool of her. And they both hang up and look at their phones. And then Peter immediately gets on Google Images and searches X-Men to oogle at a picture of Kitty. (laughs) Zach, I love them. I want them to get married. I 
Isn't this just so freaking cute? This is this is very very friggin' cute. Oh my god, I'm just gonna scream. It puts me right back in like high school, <laughs> dude. It's so endearing and funny when she's like, it is. you know, do you want to hang out after school? Wink, wink, nod, nod. And he's like, why? <laughs> <laughs> so the next day, she meets him at the entrance to Midtown High, just as school lets out. And he says, you showed. And she's like, of course. And they see a bully giving a kid a wedgie. And my first thought was, they're superheroes. They're about to step in and stop this. But (laughs) (laughs) instead, she says, so this is high school, huh? I've been here four seconds and I hate everyone. Which is really unfair to the kid getting the wedgie. (laughs) That that is. But what are they supposed to do? I I don't know. know. Say, hey, that's not cool. But... I mean, you're right. It's like, but then they'd like, I mean, I mean, you're right. It's just funny. <laughs> it's just funny, man. You're right. They have the power to stand up to these bullies and they're not doing it. They're letting this dorky dweeb get wedged. And he kind of looks exactly like Peter. Like Peter Parker. The be- especially like the early issues the night- when he was That's wearing his glasses. I I'm like glad you said that. That is literally what I thought. I was like, this guy looks like the original Peter Parker. I can't help but think there's like some subtext there, like, like oh, Peter is like not helping someone who's in the same situation he used to be in. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, now Peter's the cool guy. Yes, it's a fun and funny scene, and I think we're supposed to just kind of glance over it. But if you take a second and you read into it, it's like, hey, seriously, why aren't you helping this guy? <laughs> um, But they ask each other if they have a plan for the evening. I think they both expected the other one to plan the date. <laughs> you know what? I want to... I'm like not done talking about this picture okay. of this story getting wedged. <laughs> There's like the two girls in the background. Um... And they're just, like, looking at this happening and, like, laughing and smiling. And that alone is just, like, funny to me because I can't imagine, like, a bunch of big jocks, like, giving a wedgie to the dorkiest guy in school and everyone just, like, laughing. Like, that's, like, the thing that they do for fun. That's what impresses the girls. (laughs) It is very much... maybe it is. But maybe it is. It is very much like a... This is what an out of touch adult thinks teenagers are like. The way kind of thing. The way she's looking, she's it's almost like she's like, "Yeah, give it to him, good. Come on, get him." <laughs> yeah, uh, it's very funny. I, I kind of wonder if that was like in Bendis's script or if that was just a creative decision by Mark Brooks because that it seems almost more cartoonish than what would happen in the regular series. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyways, so uh, Kitty and Peter are just like kind of talking. They're like, so what are we doing tonight? I don't know. I thought you had something. No, what do you, I thought you had something planned. And she's like, well, what do the other kids that go to normal high school usually do when they get off? And Peter says, well, and we all know where they're going to be in the next panel. <laughs> I did not. Are you serious? It's come up again and again in this series. I did not. But the smash cut 
two Kitty Pride saying corn dog on a stick. Oh my god, I was gonna get there. You stole it from me. So Peter takes Kitty to the food court of the mall, where she sarcastically gets impressed by corn dog on a stick. And I put in my notes well, the, 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 that might be the most Bendis sentence ever spoken. What? Wait, which one? Peter takes Kitty to the food court oh. of the mall, <laughs> where she sarcastically gets impressed by corn dog on a stick. You can break that down, and every single word in that in that sentence is like a Bendis hallmark. That's funny. Yeah the the. The immediate cut from what do people do after school to her saying corn dog on a stick was really great. Dude, I I love it now every time corn dog on a stick gets brought up. Like there's no reason for it to make me as happy as it does. I just know like Bendis really likes talking about corn dog on a stick and I really like catching it when he does. <laughs> a modern achievement. Yeah. Uh best comic writer of our times um and kitty says that when the mutants rise up and take control the corn dog will be spared and peter looks at her the man, no the man who invented the corn dog will be spared oh excuse me mr on a stick <laughs> and uh peter looks at her blankly like uh wait what and he says are, are you guys taking over the earth and Kitty promises that she was only joking, and Peter says, okay, you might not want to make announcements like that, then." And he tells Kitty the call was a shock, and Kitty says, yeah, I don't know what your life is like, but with all the saving the world, I don't really have any friends. And Peter's just like, oh my god, no way, me too. And just then, Kong and Flash walk behind them, and Flash punches the back of Peter's shoulder. Which, again, is very, like, cartoon, Saturday morning cartoon bully activity. Yeah, yeah this is very Kong and Flash. Um, and now it's my turn, because since we're only doing... We didn't even say we're only doing one issue today. You know, we kind of mentioned the one we're doing, but, but it's a double issue. So Zach did the first half, and now I get to take over the second half. Yep. So should we rate the first half... Or should we just save it all to the end? Um, we can if we want. I'm giving it a... We can just save it. We oh. can just save it. Okay, okay. Okay. It's going to be the same grade either way. I know. Um, <laughs> so, Peter and Kitty look towards Kong and Flash, who just hit Peter. And Flash is like, sorry, didn't see you there, sweetie. And uh kitty says peter could mop the floor with those guys but but peter's like i can't because the two seconds of bliss i'd get from beating them up um would be followed by 10 years of hell and then she's like well why don't you go public and live a get a taste of the good life and he says if he would do that it would just put a target on his back and aunt may's back and he even had to break up with his girlfriend but then he he kind of catches himself and he correctly deduces that he's whining and that nobody cares. <laughs> Here's the thing, and... he's not wrong. But, like, <laughs> he should just say it to himself and, like, adjust his behavior. Instead, he does the thing where he's like, oh, you don't care about this. No one's really listening to me. My problems don't matter. Like, almost fishing for her to say no. 
But she but she does say no really, really nicely. She's like, no, I do care. I really do. And he's like, okay. So he tells her that Mary Jane kept putting herself in danger. And she wouldn't listen to him when he would tell her to, like, keep herself safe. She She kept going towards danger. So he had to break up with her. And then he asks her about her past. And she tells him about Iceman and how he ended up being a tool. But now she still has to live with him every single day in the same house. And as they're talking, they get interrupted by a burger being launched onto their table by Kong and Flash, who are staring over, laughing at them. They're such assholes. Yeah, for no reason. And that was a perfectly good burger. At least throw the wrapper that the burger came in. (laughs) Literally, not only... Did they purchase a burger from the mall just to not eat it? But they also, this would never happen to like a guy who's sitting there with like a honey at the table. I mean, it just wouldn't, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I know. She's Peter. I think Peter would be getting some respect right now. I think they'd be looking over being like, is that Peter with the X-Men girl? What the hell? That's Yes, that's one thing. She doesn't wear a mask and clearly is Google imageable. People should recognize her face. But second of all, <laughs> I think they would be like, wait a minute. It was kind of weird when he was dating Mary Jane and Gwen Stacy was living with him. Now he's talking to another hot girl. What is going on with Peter? Yeah, yeah, Flash needs to be taking advice at this point. Take notes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Kitty Pride is like, okay, can we go somewhere away from them? And Spidey swings them up to the top of a building, and they're looking out over the beautiful New York skyline. And I'll just say it again, that this whole comic is drawn so well. It, like, makes me feel bad that it's not Mark Bagley. I love... Because I love all of this. Yes, it's so good. Mark Brooks's pencils are great. But also, I'm going to look at who the colorist is. I feel like it's a different colorist than we get because they're on this rooftop... And it's very clearly golden hour. It's like as the sun is about to set and everything is in hues of like beautiful purple and orange. And I just love it. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, Dave just is, on a smaller scale. Dave Stewart. Yeah. Shout out to Dave Stewart for coloring the hell <laughs> yeah. out of this. Yeah. But also on like a smaller scale, everyone's like facial expressions and emotions are so readable in this entire comic without without being like overboard you know it has like a slight anime feel without actually coming across like anime like if you're not someone who actually likes anime artwork and feels like it's a little too over the top this captures the expressiveness of it without getting cartoony yeah that's a good explanation so they're looking out over the skyline and peter is like see that over there That's where the Ultimates live. And Kitty responds, that Nick Fury is a tool. (laughs) And Peter just looks at her quietly for a second. And she goes, sorry, he is. And Peter goes, I know. I clocked him a couple weeks ago. Socked his eye patch right off. He was being a jerk. And Kitty tells him that that is entirely awesome. And this is is where, like, it's really 
I I'm sure that most people who listen to this podcast go through it with the comic book next to them, or or at least I hope that they read it at some point while they're listening to it because. This is where it's just fun to watch their facial expressions because they're not always facing each other. And, you know, you get to see Peter's expression when Kitty is like, Nick Fury is a tool. And then you get to see, like, Kitty's expression when he's like, uh, I, yeah, I punched him a couple weeks ago. And it's all, like, subtle, but it's also just, like, you can just tell that they're, like, getting a bigger crush on each other, like, as the day is going on, you know? They're finding out that they're actually kind of compatible, which is yeah. which is fun, you know, like the the idea of going on a date with a new person was exciting to begin with, but like now it's actually going well. Yeah. Um and that's like that's like what I said. I said I, I wrote in all caps, Zach, I love them. <laughs> Gosh, I I'm I it just bums me out. Reading this whole thing bums me out because I know that they don't end up together because uh we're not going to have Kitty Pride in our universe as Spider-Man's girlfriend. Or maybe we are. I don't know. But I'm not expecting it. Um, so Kitty goes out on a limb. And she's like, so you were saying you can't date anyone? And Peter says he can't because he doesn't think he can protect them. And Kitty is like, well, what if they had mutant powers and they could take care of themselves? But before Peter can even respond, she freaks out. She gets embarrassed and she and she phases right through the ground to the floor below. And I hate that. I just hate that. Oh, my God. Yeah. I love it, dude. <laughs> that. So Kitty Pride is my favorite character in comics and she's worn so many hats like she's been the little kid of the X-Men. And at this point in modern comics, she's like a woman in her mid-20s and she's like super competent and she's been everything in between she's like actually had the ability to grow up and have growth and she um she's not like a wolverine or storm type character who's cool because they're like this larger than life figure she's very much a real person with real reactions and stuff and this feels like early kitty like young <laughs> Chris Claremont, Kitty Pride would do something like this, like be too forward flirting with a guy and then get nervous and run the hell away. And the way she's even drawn in the next page literally feels like how she was drawn by like Paul Smith in those early X-Men issues. I know none of this means anything to you, but as like someone who loves that stuff, and I'm, I know Bendis does too. I know a lot of like, if you're an X-Men person, you're probably like an 80s Chris Claremont X-Men person, and a lot of us really like Kitty, and it's like, this is such a... It's hard for some people to write a different person's character, or draw them, or write them in the same way that they used to come across. This is like a perfect encapsulation of like, early Kitty pride. Okay. This is something she okay. would do, and this is how she would look doing okay. it. Okay. Well, I'm more I'm more just meant from a story perspective. I like hate it when people just like don't talk about things when the story is calling them to talk about like I hate that they're like about to like, you know, tell each other how they feel or whatever and and then they run away or you know, sometimes I hate it in stories when people are about to kiss and then something happens and then they don't end up, you know, doing that. So that's more what I meant. I think this is 
but, good personification yeah. for her. This like because we're ex we're Spider Man readers, we don't necessarily know that much about Kitty. This is like this is something different. This isn't what you would expect. This isn't what any of his previous girlfriends yeah. would have acted like. This is you know there's something real to like getting embarrassed and wanting to hide yeah and for her hiding is as easy as just making herself intangible and falling through the floor so she yeah. does it a lot <laughs> um well what i do really like though is that on the next page she falls down to the to the floor below and she's like okay get a grip you fought magneto before and she phases back up so so that I really like. What I wouldn't have liked is if it gets drawn out for like 10 pages, you know, <laughs> like if she goes all like but this I think is perfect. Yeah, I agree. Um and are you going to say what he says? Um no. So she what are you... she's like oh, well maybe you could date someone who can has powers and can take care of themselves. And then she freaks out and is like, oh my god, and just falls through the floor. And he's standing there, like, uh, all alone on the rooftop. And he's like, uh, <laughs> am I supposed to leave? And then she pops back up through the ground and she's like, no, don't leave. <laughs> um, and she's like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm crazy. I'm such a spaz. And she said, and Peter says, she isn't a spaz. She's just quirky. And Kitty says, and, Oh, well, wait a second. I'm sorry. Before that, Peter says um, that he thought she was making a good point about, you know, dating a superhero who can take care of themselves. And then she says she's such a spaz. And Peter says, no, she's just quirky. And Kitty says, and quirky is French for, and Peter says cute. And then Kitty says, cute is good. And that's just like earlier, which Zach didn't mention in his part of the pages where... Kitty calls Nightcrawler cute, and Colossus looks at Nightcrawler and goes, cute is good. Oh, And now Kitty says, cute is good. I didn't pick that up. Yeah, a lot of callbacks, yep. a lot of, like, subtle there, there, there are. lines yep. getting reused here. And, um, oh, it's just so cute, and they're about to kiss, and, um, then, boom, and there's an explosion in the distance that they look out and see. This is more of the type of thing that I'm like, just kiss. Then go and then go and take care of this, you know? John, they're building up the tension. I I know. Now if they kiss and later, it had better pay off. It's and gonna it had be better pay off. Awesome, yeah. Yep. So they both look out and they see the explosion in the distance, and Peter immediately starts changing into a spider man outfit and he's like i'll go you stay here and kitty's like dude i'm a superhero too swing me over there but peter is still worried about her getting hurt which i don't like this was I, the one part of the issue that i didn't dude, like. the only part like the only part it's like peter relax you're not like her keeper it, you're a 16 year old boy also like it, it's very patriarchal it's like oh no but I know you have superpowers too, but what you're, about what you're if not you like get hurt? Yeah. Okay. Dude, shut up. This is he says he's yeah. Oh my god. What? Oh my god, John. So like we've been talking about like <laughs> he's great with Mary Jane. Mary Jane's his age. They're compatible. They like each other, but he can't protect her. Black Cat is an adventurer. She's like a superhero person. She can protect herself. But she's a grown woman, and now she knows he's a child, and she wants nothing to do with him. Yeah. 
So that's not going to work. Oh my God. Here is his opportunity to put those, the, what works about both <laughs> together and find a super powered person who can protect themselves. Who's his age. Who's he's, who's compatible with. So what you're saying is he needs an adult who cannot take care of themselves. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if this doesn't work out, that's all that's left. <laughs> yeah, dude, you're, you're, I mean, yeah, he's not blowing it. it. He's just worried about her. Yeah, he shouldn't be, you know, but he is. Well, he should be. He can still be worried. Well, I, he could be worried without saying you stay here. Like, yeah. Tone that down, uh, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> hey, guy. The lady wants to come. <laughs> yeah. So Peter is worried about her getting hurt, and she phases her arm through him, and she says she can't get hurt. And he's like, oh, yeah, sorry. And he swings them both down there. See, so he learned his lesson pretty quickly. And some guy is robbing an armored truck. Zach, is it shocker? It's always shocker, isn't it? <laughs> it's shocker. They don't even say his name or anything like that. <laughs> it's just some guy in a goofy looking outfit. It's so funny that we've seen him so many times. And yet every time we see him, we're like, uh, oh, yeah, I kind of remember that guy. <laughs> and Shocker is blasting his way into an armored truck and he's robbing it. And he says, step the F off. I'm not joking. And Kitty walks up to him and says, you kind of look like you're joking. And and that's where I wrote, you know, he does kind of look goofy. And then Kitty Pride just has some great dialogue that I didn't feel like paraphrasing. So I'm just going to read the the couple of pages here. Okay. Well, did you say that he blasted her? Oh, yeah. And he blasted her. And he, like, phased right through her. She phased right through it. And, yeah. And he's like, I got to get out of here. Which I wondered about because it's not like solid material that he's shooting. It's like vibrations. And I'm wondering if she feels the vibrations and they just don't hurt her or if she feels nothing when he when it goes through her. Yeah. Well, she says on this next page. So, yeah, Shocker's like, I got to get out of here. And he looks scared. And she says, can you do my back now? Because I have been stressed. Like it's a massage that she's getting. And he says, uh-oh, and we can see Spider-Man crawling on the wall behind them. And he says, I gotta get out of here! <laughs> and she says, I think you gotta get yourself a new catchphrase. Hey, you know what I can do? I can phase myself through your cute little massagers. Isn't that cool? And she swipes her hand through his hands. And she says, except, oops, when I do it, it disrupts the electrical thingamajigs and it breaks them. Sorry. And Shocker says, oh no. And Kitty says, but whatever you do, don't look behind you. And Shocker looks scared and he looks behind him and Peter says, hi, Herman. <laughs> and Shocker runs off screaming into a face full of web that Peter has put up. And then Kitty Pride says, ladies and gentlemen, the amazing Spider-Man. And the whole crowd starts clapping. And she says, see, they like you. And he says, cute, shall we? And he swings her away with her on his back and... I just love them so much, Zach. I just I just love them. John, do me a favor. Take your uh, headphones off for a second. <laughs> I just love this so much. I know. This is this is pretty good. It's pretty cute. So fun. Oh my god. And it's so awesome how she's like, ladies and gentlemen, the amazing Spider-Man, and everyone likes Spider-Man. And then the whole train clapped. 
They did. Do you know that internet thing? Yeah. Whenever a story is definitely fake, yep. people just say, and then the whole train clapped. Um. So so they swing up to another building, and Kitty tells Peter, well, Indiana Jones, you certainly haven't forgotten how to show a lady a good time. And Peter says, yeah, you're something. And Kitty looks back, and it looks like she probably wants Peter to smooch her. But instead, he quotes some line from Indiana Jones that I didn't get because I don't, I haven't seen those movies. <laughs> I was going to say, did at you least, get it? Yeah. Did you understand it? Yes. Okay. It's from Raiders of the Lost Ark after he visits Marion's bar in Nepal and they burn it down. Nice. Rewatch nice. it, dude. We'll see. We'll see. Oh, I've never seen it. So what? it wouldn't be rewatch it. Wait, <laughs> you've never it. seen. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Have you seen any of the other Indiana Jones movies? I have seen Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Why? <laughs> what the hell? Because because that movie came out when I was at an age where it sounded interesting to go and see an Indiana Jones movie. All the other movies were old. And the new <laughs> one that came out, I don't care about because I've never seen any of them. Oh, my God, dude. My mind is blown right now. Um, no wonder when we were having the John Williams conversation, you were like sleeping on the Indiana Jones soundtrack, dude, that was like, that makes sense now. Yeah. Indiana Jones was such a core thing for my childhood. I had an Indiana Jones themed birthday party when I was six that my parents bought like the, um, full size, like movie theater poster of Raiders of the Lost Ark. I wore the cowboy hat. I had a little rope whip. We played games where you had to like estimate how heavy something was and put sand in the bag and try and make it equal on the scale that is fun we had a game where they laid down that is a really fun game they laid down that'd be fun to do now (laughs) they laid down a black tarp and you had to jump over the pit it was just like so it was like etsy idea or oh man it was like stuff you would see online you know before people were doing stuff like that it was just all you know organically came up with Oh, that's great. And they put up, like, fake cobwebs and stuff all over the house, like we were in an old temple or something. That's awesome. I was allowed to Um, watch two movies with guns at that age, and that was Indiana Jones and Star Wars. And you better believe I, I, like, burned the VHS tapes on both of them by watching them so much. So I'm sure that Harrison Ford was just your favorite actor growing up. Um, Yeah, I liked him. I actually... I, I said I wanted to be Steven Spielberg. I wanted to like make movies when I was six oh. years old. Like I was oh, somehow yeah. You'd be good at you would be good at that. Yeah, I think there was like <laughs> a, a like interview at the end of one of the VHSs with him, and I would like watch that, and I was like, this guy's pretty cool. I want to do what he does. Maybe that will be our next venture. Yeah, I was a telecom major, so I could probably I could probably handle this. I've got some YouTubes. Yeah, we'd be unstoppable. Yeah. Make some um, Spider-Man fan films. Yeah. Um so so Peter quotes the movie and Kitty Pride just looks at him blankly. He finishes her and, quote because he, he she made a quote and then he quoted and then he's like, "Oh, you were supposed to say Oh, we get it. This next. He was ready for them <laughs> to just read the whole rest of the movie script to each other. Yeah. And Peter's like, "What? Nothing?" And she just looks at him and she says exactly what I'm thinking to Zach right now, which is, wow, you out-geeked me there. 
And Peter says, I'm sure it won't be the last time. And they're about to kiss. And then they hear a beep. And Kitty says, crap, my ride's here. And they look up and the huge X-Men ship is like right above them. And it begun, begins trailer beaming Kitty. Tractor beam? Tractor beaming. <laughs> so close. Um, and, and this has cool coloring too because they're like in the light of the tractor beam. Yeah. Yeah. And Peter and Kitty begin nervously saying goodbye to each other. And I I think based on their dialogue and how Zach kind of mentioned, like the tractor beam is behind them. I think this is supposed to feel very chaotic. Like these last, like they just spent the whole day together, but now they have to rush their entire goodbye into like this five or 10 seconds. So it's just like got a chaotic feel with everything getting sucked up behind that, you know. Well said. You know, Zach. Yeah, like they're running out of time. I got that sense too. And so Peter's like, uh, can I call you? Can we do this again? Um, you know, and she's like, I don't know if you want to, we can. He's like, yeah, I want to. And Kitty's like, okay, well email me because the professor hates when the phone rings after 10. And then Jean Grey is also trying to talk to Kitty in her head, which is kind of adding to the chaos. And, um, they set up, but they're able to set up a date for Saturday unless they're both off saving the world or something. And then Kitty asks if Peter was going to kiss her. And she says he still can if he wants to. And wow, when Zach said, you know, you got to like build the tension or whatever you said earlier, you were not lying because we get a full page action shot of them macking on each other. And. It's pretty good, you know? <laughs> yep. They've got chemistry, those crazy kids. I, I, I can definitely see how that panel was posted everywhere, and they were, like, coming by the double-issue annual Spider-Man. Spider-Man and Kitty Pride are making out. The tagline is, y'all not gonna believe this <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, Kitty gets beamed up to the ship after their kiss, and... It's really nice. They're like looking at each other as she's like floating up. And um, it's just really cute. In case you guys haven't gotten the hint by this point, Zach and I think that this is really cute. <laughs> and Peter gets home and he is psyched. He's like, okay, for once, let's not screw this up. And then he immediately thinks to himself, I'm going to email her right now. And I swear in my head, I was like, oh, he's going to mess it up. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but also, but, does, doesn't that yeah. take you back? Like you, you're in high school and you go on a date and you're like, "Oh my god, that's amazing! I can't wait to text them the second after I see them." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. Um, but then as he's thinking to himself, "I'm going to email her right now." He hears his computer ding, and it says, "You've got mail," and it's an email from Kitty, and it says, "We made Yahoo," and it's talking about how their adventure is being on Yahoo News ended up making it on yahoo news and peter and kitty are both looking at their computers at emails from each other smiling and it's just really cute and there's just not that many words to describe it that are better than that and the email right above kitty's is from ralph macchio (laughs) the marvel editor and it just says questions (laughs) that's funny 
question. Oh, because so he, so Peter is emailing Ralph Macchio. That's not like an Easter. That's like in the in the world they live in. We Peter Parker is emailing Ralph Macchio about the Karate Kid. No, we're I think, supposed to believe. I think Ralph Macchio is emailing him because the other ones are like spam. It's not stuff that Peter would have emailed. Well, yeah, but I'm thinking he must be responding oh, they're like, to an email that Peter sent. I don't think in correspondence. Yeah, like I don't think Ralph Macchio is emailing Peter. I think he's responding to an email from Peter. And you don't think it's the uh Marvel Ralph Macchio, you think it's the Karate Kid Ralph Macchio. Oh. Yeah, I was thinking it was the Karate Kid, like Peter's a fan of the movie or something, so he's asking him a question. I think that's funny. That might be the intent. I don't know. Huh. Um Zach, this was such a good one. I know you think so also. I mean, there I I think we touched on most of the stuff we really liked about it while we were going on, but is there anything else that we didn't touch on that you just want to do want to give a special shout out to? There's like, oh yeah, in this last scene again, he's, you know, so when it's like golden hour, the all of the shading, all of the colors are like slightly tinted with like orange and purple and then when they're in the tractor beam everything's slightly tinted with yellow and in this last one it's like he's in his bedroom and it's just lit by the blue computer screen and the moonlight and everything's kind of slightly tinted blue so the colorist went the hell off on this issue um mark brooks drew the hell out of this issue yeah. bendis wrote the hell out of best it work so yeah. good there's comics that are like objectively really good stories you know well executed and then there's comics that we like because it's like just the perfect coalescence of like things that we're interested in or passionate about or wanted to see this is like the rare issue that has both it's just so well made so well written and it's like about my two favorite characters you know entering a cute early romance like if you couldn't make a comic in a lab <laughs> more enjoyable for me yeah that's exactly what i thought when i saw the description and it was kitty pride on the cover and it said peter gets a new girlfriend <laughs> I was like, oh, this is Zach's favorite comic. Yeah. Um, okay, so what's what's the rating scale? Uh, I don't know. Ten Danger Room D&D simulations. <laughs> or out of two of Zach's favorite characters. Okay. It's a two out of two. It's a ten out of it's, ten. Whatever it's you, definitely a two out of two. Whatever yeah. <laughs> you want to call it, this is 100% yep. chef's yep, kiss. Yep, I think that this... This is a very, very rare 100%. I never for one second even thought about, like, taking a point off. I was, like, pretty cheesing ear to ear the whole time reading this. Yeah. Um, And there was just so much on every page. Like, you know, Zach and I were actually supposed to hop on, like, a little bit earlier than we ended up hopping on. And it's because I was still reading. And it's because I didn't think that it would take me this long to read it. But on every page, there's, like, stuff to look at and stuff to, like, you know, you're you're looking at the people's expressions. I'm like, it's not really the type of art that 
you just skim over because you know nothing's really happening in the in the background or something or you know there was just a lot it it was like like you said you know everybody who did their job on this one did it like to the best of their ability i think yeah well done team um yep and it's not even like there's a lot of action in this like the art that catches your attention and doesn't let it go is just facial expressions body language cool you know atmosphere like it's just uh it just does the simple things really well it's like when a when a football team just runs a basic offense and they're just unstoppable it's like we we do the simple things perfectly it you know it's just a tried and true method yeah there's like so many good scenes in this one i mean it's like 40 pages there's so many good scenes in it and then i was flipping through it and you forget about like the, what's probably like the funniest and one of the best scenes which is the scene with the shocker which is just a couple pages but it is hilarious oh yeah for sure yeah the shocker and the kid getting the wedgie like there's just some funny moments her, yeah her like <laughs> thinking she blew the the date and trying to hide for a second yeah it's good yep it is it is all right you got anything else on it um nope i i would love to sit here and talk about it for the rest of the day but i think (laughs) i think we we would just be more gushing about how enjoyable it was i don't really have any more um substance to add to it yeah so next week what are we on okay so zach are these two dating in the comics now dude how do you come away with this from this issue with any conclusion other than that they're dating that's good i want them to be they made plans they have to break up which i hate they made plans for like the next date okay i'm just i'm gonna hate watching this end well don't think of it that way just enjoy (laughs) what just started (laughs) don't be looking for the end you know yeah maybe one of them will die and then they won't have to break up i mean statistically (laughs) at some point both of them will die Okay, thank God. <laughs> Ooh, that was uh, close. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so do we get their first date next week? We don't get their first date next week. Oh. Next week, we get Silver Sable, which is the story we were going to start this week anyways. Which is another... Another pretty girl. lady, yeah. Another... Uh, yeah, but, I remember you saying that last week. But this one's evil. This is... An- there's another only, wow there's only, another morally ambiguous pretty lady there, we don't get enough of those there's only two type of women in the world hot good <laughs> ones and hot evil ones <laughs> yeah we all know that we simp for both <laughs> um okay nice well what else do we have going on zach do you have something interesting for for myself and the listeners i mean i could talk about i could talk about yeah (laughs) what are some of the things that you could talk about uh dude so i started watching buffy the vampire slayer like i said and i've just did it last night i'm just like three episodes in but it's so funny you know she was in uh scooby-doo she was daphne right yeah and you know how she fights in that movie like there's some scenes where she gets to fight (laughs) some people or whatever it's like cheesy like 
action movie kung fu. It's like she'll jump up and levitate in the air for oh, way too yeah, long. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then kick her legs out two different directions and kick two guys and say, hi yeah. She fights the exact same way in uh, Buffy. And I just, I'm convinced that's not even like the stunt coordinators doing. It's just how Sarah Michelle Gellar <laughs> actually fights. See. In everything she's in, she's like, but but wouldn't it be funny, though, if I did it like The Matrix? You guys have seen The Matrix, right? That was awesome. Hey, did you did you look at my uh, my headshot, my resume? Did you see where I said I'm actually a master of kung fu? <laughs> the thing is, Shyla has this bad habit where she is not afraid to put herself in like dangerous situations because she thinks that she that is a, that is a bad. She habit. thinks she could win any fight. Just on account of her tenacity, I've asked her before, like, babe, what would you do if Dwayne the Rock Johnson came up and smacked your butt? And she's like, well, first I'd I'd uh, lure him into a sense of security, and I'd be like, oh, he he he, Mister the Rock, you're so funny, you're so. And then she's like, <laughs> doink doink, rip yoink, jab, but a ding. She's like doing some like Three Stooges shit where she like pokes him in the eye and then rips out his throat and then slaps him upside the ear, and I'm like. You could, awesome. you could not do any of that. So it's funny watching Buffy fight. And I just look back at Shyla <laughs> and I'm like, that's how you think you would look if you got in Maybe a fight. Maybe Shyla could do that. She, she's so convinced she could. She's like, other people might be stronger than me. They might be more used to fighting than me. But no one will be as crazy as me. And that's what it'll come down to. <laughs> that's true. Please, no one ever provoke my wife. <laughs> so, yeah, I want to. I want to see this. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just thought that was funny that she fights the same as Daphne as she does as that Buffy. Is, that is funny. That is funny. You got anything? Um. So I have decided I'm adding to my New Year's resolutions. Okay. Oh, that's what I also wanted to do. I wanted to do a resolution check in with you. Oh. I'm still biking every day and adding ten seconds per day. I haven't yet today, but I'm going to when we hop off. I have been writing some more. I wrote another short story. I wrote another chapter. I'm doing like X-Men fan fiction just for myself, just like as practice. Because if I have nothing else that I can think of, I can sit down and just like hammer out a quick chapter of that. Um, Nice. And and then I wrote something that wasn't fan fiction, just like an actual little story or whatever and then why don't we just call it x-men fiction that's true you know i guess <laughs> non-officially licensed stories yeah um and then i've been going to the gym uh two days ago i maxed out on whatever these are the i think lap pull downs and i just like shot whatever this muscle is and now it like hurts to even straighten my arm but um, soon as that gets good, I'm going to go back in for another arm day. It's not, it's not worth going super heavy. <laughs> well, I have a friend who is like, he can bulk up real fast, but he does dirty bulking and he'll tell me like, yeah, brother, man, there's, there's nothing better than just going in and lifting the heaviest weights you can. And I'm just a little bit feel well, like I my, need to keep my up sho- with that. My shoulder that is <laughs> my shoulder that I've up five years ago that still is not never going to be perfect begs to differ yeah i know i shouldn't be taking advice from my friend who dirty bulks he'll literally say like yeah man i spent three hours in the gym yesterday and then went and finished it off with a rally's cheeseburger 
Yeah. Well, I mean, some some people can do that, you know, if your body's like used to that. But but obviously, like, you know, if I tried to go and spend three hours in the gym and and lifting the heaviest I could possibly do, then my body would be very, very sore and put off by that the next day. My body is like a frail Victorian child. I think I have to do everything <laughs> by the book or I will die. <laughs> um. Well, I'm I'm adding to my my resolutions though. So I actually got a used keyboard today uh for free from my parents. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> because they had one that never got used because I'm sure most keyboards that get bought never get used. But I'm going to try to learn how to play the piano because I want to learn how to play Elton John songs. I decided. <laughs> nice. So if any of our listeners have tips or tricks on how to best learn the piano i've never played a musical instrument before and i have like shyla's unfounded confidence in her fighting ability i have an unfounded confidence that i will be able to pick this up if i really try it you know i'm like keyboard seems i'm good at typing (laughs) and you know same thing that's kind of typing i can if i can just like look at a a song and it's like do this one i could you know it seems like i should be able to learn how to do that here's the know? thing any musical instrument and Elton john it's not like he's known for his piano playing how hard could his songs be to learn how to play yeah anyone can learn to play piano it's about like putting in the work so i have no doubt yeah. that you can dude when you are a piano playing chess wizard who golfs <laughs> constantly and eats steaks like you are well, I've so got one more. Well, I've got one more to, well i've got one more to add to that so so yesterday i also did i used to play some poker in like college just for fun and and i've and i still sometimes play you know, oh my god fun. but yesterday You're becoming I james book, bond yesterday i bought a book called the mathematics of poker that um <clears throat> my buddy was telling me about and he says it's a pretty like in-depth read and it's like very heavy hard to get to through because it's a lot of like math in it but it's very like helpful for like playing poker because you do just learn how to like it takes all of the guessing like out of it you know like if you play like this way you know with certain percentages blah 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 so so I, I'd like to look into that, too, and maybe get back into playing some poker. You know, I, I don't know if you know this, Zach, but teachers actually don't make very much money. So it could be nice to have a way to make some extra money. Yeah, you know, I had heard of, course, of that. We don't want to lose that. I had heard. <laughs> like poker, there's also losers. So that's why I'm reading the book before I start playing. Yeah, smart, smart idea. I had heard that teachers don't make a lot of money. And then also I, yeah. I am married to a teacher. So, yeah. Yeah, um, so maybe you should start playing poker too. That's cool. I uh, I'm not great at poker. I have trouble remembering the hands sometimes. But I have a buddy who has the blackjack book memorized. So we'll go oh, to the yeah. casino and he'll see what the dealer has, what everyone else has, and he'll just like think for like one second, and then he, it's like a supercomputer. He just spits out the answer. He's like, the book says you should hit here, but it has a low percentage. Yeah. And I will always listen to to uh, him and it will always lead me astray. But he's like, you (laughs) know what? I'm sorry. There was always a chance of that. But you had 60% better odds by doing it my way. And I was like, then I'm just 
I'm I'm in the minority I'm every the, time. I'm the unluckiest. Yeah. Well, I don't want to um like lower your how smart you think that person is, but it's not that hard to know what you should do at blackjack. It's like I could teach you with a good fifteen minutes, and you would know what to do for every single hand on blackjack. There's not that many, you know, like hard hard things to learn. Yeah, just like. I, at least, at least I think that I could. Now I wouldn't know all the odds to that and everything. Like, oh, this, but I know what 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 is likely or unlikely to happen. You know, it's a very I simple those, game. Those types, of, yeah, it, it it really is. And so it's like, okay, the dealer has this, then you do this. If the dealer has this, then you do this. You know, it's not you're not doing calculus or anything like that. Yeah. At one point, um, he had taught me like his <clears throat> strategies and stuff. And I've just kind of forgotten them. And at this point, I kind of enjoy raw dogging the odds. You know, it's a real <laughs> hit of dopamine when That's, you're yeah, at 18 <laughs> and you tell them to hit and everyone is like not a- <laughs> groaning. And then you get to 21 and you're like, boom, where's your odds now? That's that's true. That. I that would be a crazy thing to witness. I'd love to witness that on a big bet. Uh, well, not on a big bet, but I've done it before. I never play big bets. Um, the the eighth graders at the school have found some website where they can play blackjack and Texas Hold'em on it. Um, so so they'll be playing that, you know, when there's like free time in class, and and I'll be walking around them, just like watching them play it, and 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 they'll be like, you know, what should I do here? And and I'm saying the same thing. I'm like, well, I mean, technically, if if the dealer's got like a you know thirteen, then you should probably stay on almost anything because they're probably going to bust. And then the dealer doesn't bust. And they're like, Mr. Opat. And I'm like, well, what, you know, just the same thing your friend said. Well, that's what you were supposed to do. You know, doesn't mean it's going to work every time. Right. If it was, uh, if it was an exact fun. science, it would be called gambling. Yeah. Even, even if you follow, if you follow every single blackjack thing, if you have like it memorized and you know, in every situation, this is what I should do. You still only win 51% of the time. So it's not your, it's not like a, it's a game for fun. It's not for, you can't really profit unless not only do you know every decision, but you also can count cards, which also isn't like the hardest thing in the world. It's just like adding one or subtracting one each card, but you'll get caught doing that, you know, if you don't do it well. So have I ever told you about the time I almost got taken out back in a a (laughs) casino? (laughs) No. Oh my Are you god. Counting cards. Dude, no, I wasn't. I was just a dumbass. Uh so I was in Vegas with my cousin's husband. Um I had seen a billboard earlier that day that said like all you can eat pancakes midnight to 6 a.m. <laughs> at this uh casino. And so we they went t- they were taking you out because you were eating too many pancakes. You were, no, you were no. destroying the bottom line. No, him and me, no one else wanted to go with us. Him and me went to this uh casino that had a breakfast place that was doing all you could eat pancakes and we went for the pancakes and then while we were there we stayed for roulette which he had never played and i just kind of explained it to him and he's like oh okay i think i got it and (laughs) i sat there with him for an hour and watched him turn like 50 bucks into like 600 it was incredible it was uncanny and some people just have like a gift for intuition like knowing in a total luck game just being confident about your choice 
I can I cannot play roulette. I've never put a bet down on roulette, and I don't want to because I'm like, how the f- am I supposed to know which color it's supposed to go on? This is fifty fifty shot. Worse than that, yeah. You know, I love roulette. Roulette does not love me. But I'm watching him turn fifty dollars into six hundred, and I'm I'm just laughing my ass off because this is incredible. And I take out my phone to take a picture of like the mountain of chips that he's he's gotten. <laughs> And it's like the dealer and she like stops what she's doing and points at me. And she's like, he's taking pictures of the table. He's taking pictures of the table. Stop him. And I look around and there's like dudes in suits, like slowly (laughs) converging. And I'm like, Cameron, we got to get out of here. And I just, did you run? I'm sure you could have just explained your situation and they'd be, they were just, they were kind of, if you grab the chips and run, there's going to be a problem. (laughs) They were just kind of hovering around the area. They were, like, monitoring me. You know, it wasn't like, oh, you know, you're out of here, buddy. But it was like, hey, suspicion has been raised. And I was like, I'm sorry. I didn't realize. Your buddy buddy has won 12 hands in a row at a game of complete luck. (laughs) And you're taking pictures. Yeah, I didn't realize how bad it looked in the moment. And then I was like... (laughs) Yeah, dude, they're going to start questioning how you're winning this. Uh, <laughs> let's go somewhere else. Yeah, I'm glad. So did he take the money off the table? That's good, because at that point, the vibes change. And, you know, for sure. And then gotta... and then we thought we were across the street from the stratosphere. And just like the way it was positioned and how big it is, you have no sense of scale or distance. And so we thought we were taking like a 10 minute walk to get to the stratosphere from where we were. Uh, and we ended up walking like an hour through people's like alleys and backyards. And I think we were like witnessing drug deals and stuff. And we got oh there gosh. and we were like, can we go up to the top? And they're like, we just closed it 10 minutes ago. <laughs> and then he sat down at their table and tried to start playing. And he lost like a hundred dollars instantly. And we uh, were like, okay, the night's over. But, oh man, that's, that's a classic, uh, like Vegas going out like mistake is, it's you just try to walk somewhere yeah. and it's like it's only it's only like a mile down the road and you're like it's a long time when you know walking on the street yes. blah, blah, blah. unless it's, it's like it's always it's always longer than you think it is unless it's literally the downtown strip it's too far for you to walk yes yes exactly that's where it'd be it's be like oh it's it's just like a little bit past the strip it's just like no just don't no it's not it never is <laughs> Yeah, and then uh, nice. we had a okay. Yeah, sorry, I just and then we we got an Uber that we shared with a guy who got dropped off at a swingers club, and the <laughs> the Uber driver was laughing at him as soon as he got out, and then we started getting taken back to where we were staying, and we were like, "It's a nice night. Let's walk. Let's let's walk by like the Bellagio and see the fountains and stuff," and like multiple uh, working girls tried to solicit my cousin who's like the son of a pastor and had just married my my cousin and he he's like this this nice upstanding young man and like these pretty ladies in nice dresses keep coming up to him and they're like hey how you doing and he would like start having a conversation with them with no idea where they were trying to like make it lead he was just like oh i'm 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 good how are you and of course they would be like do you got a room and he'd be like oh i'm sorry that's what is happening here no no thank you and he never when, learned. They, they like five of them did it, and by the fifth one, he still had no clue that's what was happening. 
Oh my gosh. So it was like funny. the most Vegas night of any Vegas night. When when um you can decide if you want this one on our family friendly pod or not, Zach, but <laughs> the last time I was in Vegas, maybe like three years ago or so, um I I am not like a club person at all. So like we were there with some buddies and and my buddy his name and I just kind of stayed and played craps, which we were all doing at the beginning of the night, and then the rest of them like went into some club, and we were just like we just stayed out and played craps, and then we we were just gonna go back to the room and you know go to sleep when it when it got late. So that's what we did, and then apparently my buddy who was staying in the room with us, you know, met a couple girls out at the club, and they came back to the room, and before anything happened, you know was asked for money and obviously he he did not end up paying them any money and they did he realize yes at that at that point he realized i mean before that did he think he just no like no incredible game well you know when they're you know uh maybe maybe they were like i have some of this in my room you know do you guys want to blah 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 blah, i see stuff like that so um uh so Anyway, I wake up in the morning. Everything's cool. I've got my, I I pull my wallet up. It's not, oh wait, that's not, I'm sorry. I wake up in the morning and I look at my phone and I have like seven texts from Chase for fraud alerts on my card. And I'm like, oh my God, these girls robbed me. I knew that they did because I woke up when they all came back to the room and, um, and I woke up and I immediately looked over and my wallet was sitting out on this place right next to where I was sleeping. And it's a hotel room, you know. It's not like it's I have my own private room or anything. And I immediately grab my wallet and I just put it in my pocket and go back to sleep. Um, and then I wake up and I have all these fraud things on my card. And I pull out my wallet. There's no cash in it. And my credit card is gone. So obviously they grabbed it right before I woke up and realized that my, my wallet's right there. Um, so anyway, I got all the money refunded, but, but that's a, that's a story that and I share sometimes, you know, it's it's all good fun now. Right. What happens in Vegas goes onto the pod. (laughs) (laughs) It'll live there forever. All right, man. This, uh, this was crazy. This took a turn from like, yeah, we had a lot, we had a lot of something interesting to talk about today, I guess. Innocent, youthful romance to, uh, to getting, getting robbed in Vegas. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that was, uh, I guess we'll, we'll see everyone next week. Should I send us out? I think you shall. Okay. Thank you to Ian Hickey for our music. And thank you and happy birthday to Alyssa Seaman for our artwork. And thank you all for listening and leaving us a review or a comment. You can find us at the First Read Ultimate Spider-Man podcast on Spotify or Apple Music or anywhere else you find podcasts. And you can come and chat with us or leave us a message on Instagram at First Read Podcast. Send us an email at firstreadspidey at gmail.com or find us on YouTube, First Read Ultimate Spider-Man Podcast. See you next week. See ya.